Hey guys, welcome to the show. My name is Kristen. I'm your host and life coach, and this is Modern Day Asians. Today, I've invited my guest, Claudia Lee. She's going to talk about um, entrepreneurship, and today's topic is going to be focused around our relationship with money. So um, I'm so excited to uh, bring her on, just talk to her about um, her relationship with money. So I'm going to turn this over to her so she can briefly introduce herself and what she does for a living. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me on. So I am an online business coach. I have a social media marketing agency and I pretty much just help businesses make more money. So I guess that's why you brought me on today. Just like increase their sales, increase their online presence and bring more money and freedom into their business. Amazing. Amazing. Um, And so how does one, um, how do you, what is your intake process? I guess if, if any of the listeners are listening and they're like, yes. That sounds like a service that I would like. What's your intake process? As in, how do they get in contact with me or what's the process in getting them clients? Um, both. Could you answer both questions? Yes. <laughs> um, so you can just find me, I guess, on the show notes. I'm sure you'll link that there. In terms of them getting clients and um, getting more sales or maybe someone's listening and they have a business, but they want to start a business, but they're not really sure how to go about it. I help them with that and the process is so different for each business because no business is the same, right? But one of the main things I do focus on with people is social media and a marketing strategy. Because um, a lot of people, they have this business and they want to take off the ground, but they don't really know how to reach new people. So that's kind of where I come in. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with so you help them with strategy. Do you actually help them too with like the um, the action of it too as yes. well? Yeah. So it depends. Um, some people are like, Nope, I don't want to do any of the work. You just do all the work. So then that's a done for you service. And there's other people's like, Hey, I want to learn how to do this for myself. Can you guide me through it? And can you, can you do it as well? And I will just like watch you and we do it together. Like kind of like a business partner almost. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Well, I know a ton of people that, (laughs) especially coaches that needed that need that kind of assistance and help. So thank you so much for sharing that and how um, we can get in touch with you. So we'll dive in into uh, one fascinating thing that I really like about you is your transparency and how much you have invested in yourself. Um, You have some figures listed on your social media. I think, give me out that rough estimate. How much did you invest in yourself? Here. I'm just going to point it from the first year I started my online coaching business. I invested $50,000 into like education, into myself. Um, throughout like the last couple of years, I haven't really calculated, but I would say it would be around the six figure mark. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just last year you invested that much. So was there, what was the, the feeling? Let's talk about the feeling, the emotional <laughs> journey okay because here's the thing is like I say nowadays it's just it's just tough at least in the United States right now um you have this traditional path where it's like okay you can invest in yourself but usually it's 
okay to invest in education. So like getting your master's, getting your bachelor's degree, like that's a very traditional path. You went in the entrepreneurship route where there's tons of programs available right now. I mean, people are always selling some kind of educational course or like online degrees are big now. What was that emotional journey for you? And how did you decide that? Yes, I want to go with, you know, investing in this and this program so that I can help build, you know, you can help build yourself your own business. Yeah, I guess my kind of thing was, I knew what I wanted to do and what I wanted to achieve. I just didn't really know how to get there, like what the path looked like. And to me, like when I see someone else doing it and doing what I want to do, I go, obviously they know something I don't or if they're making more money than me how I see it is like even I feel like I might be smarter or more educated if they're making more money they must know something I don't so what a good example I use is like Kim Kardashian everyone will be like oh I'm smarter than Kim Kardashian great but I go well she's a billionaire so she must know something that a lot of other people wouldn't know because then everyone else would be billions billionaires So that's like my kind of way of thinking in terms of investing myself. Someone is doing something I want to do or making a certain amount of money that I want to make. Let's learn off them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How do you find your inspiration? Like, where do you go to figure out, okay, like, oh, this is, uh, this is someone that I uh, strive to be. How do you filter through all the BS? Because there is, how do you, how do you figure that out? There's so much BS. I would say if I like their content, I'm like obviously following them for a while. Maybe I've even met them at real life at an event or something. And their content resonates with me. Their lifestyle resonates with me. Their values resonate with me. Then I think that decision is a lot easier. Um, Yeah, it's a lot easier to like pick them. I don't just go, I'll pick any random person. I have like followed this person for a while or even my first mentor, I actually worked at a gym where she was my manager. And then a couple of years later, she grew this online business. And I was like, what the heck? Like, she was just like managing a gym and it was like a really big business. I'm like, I'm going to learn off her. And obviously I had a relationship with her because I met her in real life already. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my mindset mentor after my business coach was someone I followed, I followed his content for a couple of months. I'm like, you know what? I like what you're saying. Let's invest in him. So yeah, it's kind of guess how people find me as well. They read my content for a little bit and then if it resonates, they reach out. If it doesn't resonate, they probably unfollow me. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I think you make a good point too because like nothing really beats like getting yourself out there and meeting some of these people in person. So I guess for anyone that's listening and is a entrepreneur or trying to get in, in a particular space that... Um, it's important to um, attend those events for networking just to see if you vibe with the person and that will help you figure out if that's someone you want to invest in or the program that they offer is something that you want to invest in. Would you say that that's pretty? Yeah, pretty exactly accurate? like that. Because um, there'll be people that don't resonate with me and that's okay, but there will be people that resonate with me and that probably like the people that we want to, like, I want to work with and they want to work with me. Because you know, when you don't really click or vibe with someone, it makes it a bit more difficult. And there's nothing wrong with that person. There's nothing right. wrong with you. It's just your values may be different and like the way you see things and the way you see life or business might be different. And that's really important. 
Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's transition into the money topic. And um, what was that like in your family? Like, did y'all talk money? It was a, a stressful thing to talk oh, about. What was it like? like any anyone that's listening to this, like um Asians, non-Asians, you know what Asian parents are like with money. Um, there's a lot of scarcity and there's a lot of like we save money we don't spend money and um, even to this day mother's day my mom gets angry if I buy her a gift she's like why'd you spend money <laughs> I could have just like made this I'm like no you could have but um it was like a lot of scarcity um and it's it's the way they grew up like I don't blame my parents for like that scarcity they didn't grow up like how I grew up in Australia or how like your parent um you would have grown up in America I assume America yeah mm-hmm. you were born here so I heard the saying, as far as I'm concerned, my parents are from another planet. So like my values and their values in terms of like money are going to be different because we didn't grow up the same. And like having compassion and understanding for that and then also not taking on their beliefs is important as well because um, I still find like a little bit of this. Sometimes I do feel guilty um, with money and that's it's funny it's always after like I talk to my parents like I visit them I'm like why do I suddenly feel guilty then I'm out of their space for like a little bit I'm like okay I'm fine now um and that just comes from like okay I'm living like a life that they probably never got experience at that age right like sometimes you do feel guilty about that but you can't Mm -hmm. let that like stop you from doing what you want to do or achieving the goals that you want to achieve right Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what was their money situation like? Like what was their position? What did yeah. they come from a different country and get settled in Australia? So that yeah. would make them first generation, right? Yes. So it came from another country, got settled here. Um, here's the thing. I was like, when I was growing up, I never really stressed about money in terms of like, I was never hungry, always had enough money, but I could feel there was like scarcity around it. Like, um, there, there wouldn't be like any holidays kind of thing like it's that's not really a thing like there wouldn't be any like extra but like I never I always had b- birthdays I always got presents everything like that so my parents were really good um in making sure I had everything but mm-hmm. it wasn't like you didn't grow up feeling abundant does that make sense mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so like they're always like oh that's expensive put it back but it's not like they were doing that um because they didn't want me to have it it's just like they or saving it for like important things like gifts, food, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. My mom worked as like, she did sewing. So like sewing for school uniforms, just sewing um, uh-huh. in general. And then my dad worked like a news agent. So it was not like any fancy jobs stuff, but it paid the bills. Yeah. Um, and like they, bought, like they bought their house, had me and my brother. And yeah, like, but in saying that, like they they still have that scarcity mindset where, like it does doesn't feel like enough. Like even though they have money, it will never like feel like enough for them. And that's mm-hmm. something it's gonna be very very hard to undo, especially at their age where they're like around sixty now. Uh, it's just so many decades of conditioning. So how I see it is, I just like I have to just provide for them in terms of like money to to ensure they can like do things like have the things they want like go out to like restaurants and stuff because it's not something they would do it's not it's not normal for them to like just randomly on a weekend go out to like a restaurant mm-hmm. but when we're growing up they would at least do that once a month like take us to like yum child or something yeah 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 
Yeah, I keep hearing like um like comedians, like whenever time I hear like a Asian stand-up comedian, there will be some kind of joke around like either the parents like complaining about um are judging you hardcore for like how much you spend on certain things yep. and um and uh also like just when you had said you know when it's mother's day or something and your <laughs> your mom just gets mad at you for spending money or but uh, just I mean the act of spending money because this is one thing that like really changed my mindset when it came yep. to money is yep. money is energy you can't cut the flow off there's always going to be the flow. You're going to have to spend money and you'll receive money. But if you try to like, you know, if you think about like a water stream or a creek and you just try to like block it or build a wall or a barricade through that stream of water, you're basically cutting your potential amount off. Like your manifestation, the embodiment of flow, like you are restricting any potential means of income that you could ever imagine because you're so like you recreated this blockade of energy around the scarcity of like not spending I completely agree with that and I I think it's so hard like um because you like you've got Asian friends you probably see them take on their parents beliefs not as strong as their parents but some part of it is very subconscious it's like unconscious they don't realize like hey they won't really like treat themselves to anything or they save and save and they never really like take risk or have fun with money which is what money can do for you it's not about the money itself because money is just like a piece of paper it's plastic or paper in US like you burn it it's not anything but what it can do is it can create freedom for you it can create freedom for your family it can create experiences that if you didn't have money you wouldn't have right and then you can also not pass down that trauma to your kids as well with money because that's another big thing if you you'll notice everyone that has their current money habits unless they've done some work on it themselves they've learned everything from their parents mm-hmm. the way they think about it and the way they are with money it's all from their parents right now until they either do work on that or they've done some sort of thing to like change those beliefs Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. So I think one cultural thing for me that I just like watch my mom struggle with this. Yeah. Um, but basically it's like a competition between two parties and it's like almost like, oh, who has the most character or who's like going to be the most generous? I'll give you an example. It will be like, okay, whose turn it is to pick up the bill um, at a restaurant. restaurant. Yeah. And it's like, a whole fight against maybe um, the head of the household from another family versus one family. And it's like, they're fighting over the bill. Um, they're not, n- neither one of them is backing down. There's a little banter here, there three or four times. And then it's just like, okay, I guess you can take the bill this time. Um, you know? So it's like, it almost in that circumstance, I feel like it blocks that whole giving and receiving flow because you talk about money and you want to think about the blessings that will happen. But also if you're also trying to outdo someone when someone's trying to gift you something, it just cuts, it just cuts down the whole idea of like abundance. Do you know what I'm saying? 
I know what you're saying that memory is fond memories of my childhood. Like I think of that from like eight to like maybe around 14. I just always like fight with the bills. But now like <laughs> it's the kids fighting with the parents over the bills. So it's funny. Um, no, that definitely, I know what you mean in terms of that. And yeah, it's just, it's just crazy. Like, and you'll find as well, something that's very common is Asians find it hard to receive. Um, yes. They don't like it when they get gifts. They don't know how to react. Or even if they get words of affirmation or like um, physical affection, they're like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, that's great that you mentioned that because I think, I mean, it really just ties down to like this intergenerational trauma that like right now we're, for us, we're lucky because we have so much access to so many tools and different information. So it's like up to us to, to, to be more aware and figure out like, hey, like we need to change some of these patterns and be aware of it. But um, this whole thing, honestly, you know, when I started to do work on myself, I actually, I feared receiving gifting like when someone would gift me something and that is because I think I am scared of receiving gifts because I almost I'm in that mindset where I was like okay well how do I outdo this gift and double the gesture of what I received because in Chinese culture it's like how can you outdo each other how can you be you know show that you're even more generous than what you've received the relationship that I had with my parents, I just didn't even want to receive any money from them at yeah. all. Like there was a point in time where I'm like, you know what? I think I'd rather starve. <laughs> it's like, I think I'd rather borrow money from like other people than borrow money from you guys because yeah. you're going to guilt and shame me for it. And they're gonna be like, you have a, why do you need it? You're an adult. <laughs> like They'll give it to you, but they'll like shame you along the way with it. Right? Oh yeah. They'll shame you until you pay them back. Yeah. Are, you know, and, and so there's just like a lot of that emotion that is tied to it, where it's just like, I, you kind of create this independence of like, I can't receive anything from anyone. Like I have to be able to operate by myself, do everything by myself. And that's just not a way to, that's, that's not the best mantra for you to live in life because that actually creates a lot of isolation you're actually kind of dividing yourself from human connection because the giving and receiving, those are, you know, some of the pleasures and the blessings in life. And I think as well, like Asians, people always go like Asians are like cheap. Like, do you know how does that stigma? Like Asians are cheap. They're actually, <laughs> just, they're actually just very savvy. Like they don't like getting ripped off. That's what it is. And yeah. second thing, Asians love money. We have like a whole holiday dedicated to money. We love it. Like, let's just own it. <laughs> Exactly. exactly. It's like Chinese New Year, and literally, it's a money holiday. So I always go, no, like you like whenever I have Asian clients and they got any money blockages, I'm like, let's actually embrace the fact that you love it, and there's no shame in loving money and wanting to make more of it. Like, yeah. like our ancestors weren't there was a freaking Chinese like New Year for it, where you literally just get money and give money. Like we love it. Um, so I think that's important thing to remember as well. It's like. If you want to make money, be unapologetic about it. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, going back to the stigma of yeah. Asians being cheap. So, yeah, I feel, you know, it's like when it comes down to price, it's almost yeah. like I feel that um, 
it's, it's, it's shame to listen to the impulses. I think I was trained at a very young age that if mm-hmm. I want something um, like a toy or something like that, like I was conditioned right away to be like, um, do I really need this? And, um, and if I did give in to my impulses, then I would be a judged for no. what I bought or criticized for the amount that I paid for it because I think what my parents were used to is the negotiations that they could do in like night markets. They like never pay full price for anything. They love a bargain. They love a bargain. Like the Asian culture love a bargain. And there's a joke, um, (laughs) there's a joke I heard. And it's like, if you have a client who is Asian, you should just double the price and act like you gave them a 50% discount. And they'll feel happy because they save money because that's essentially what they want, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, don't do that. But like, that's a joke I heard. It was like, oh, that makes sense because agents want to feel like they got a really good deal and they got a bargain. They actually don't care how much they paid. It's the fact that they want that bargain. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And uh, they like, it, you know, and, and a lot of that, I think I, it has affected me so much from that conditioning of like, the first experience I remember, like I bought, I think I bought like a bracelet from a charity. Actually, it was like some girl yeah. selling bracelets to benefit the cancer society. And yeah. I had bought it a bracelet and my mom's like, why did you buy that? And yeah. made me feel so stupid for buying it. And yeah. I kind of like hid things from, from her when I buy certain things that she doesn't know about because it's it's like I just don't need that emotional like guilt yeah. of yeah. um of of her judging me for my purchasing decisions and then I realized as I got older how much time I spend shopping and double tripping triple checking that I that is the right purchase for me and I just think about like how much time I wasted when I could be doing like other things. It's just like, just to buy it um, because that's what my heart wants to do. Right. Like I kind of, everything is so logical. Right. But I think that's the thing is like, when it comes to money, sometimes it doesn't have to be so logical. Like if you get like a gut feeling or something's like really pulling you towards it and something's calling you towards a purchase, Um, is to lean in and go with it. Um, do you have any experiences like that or no way? Yeah, no, no, that makes sense. Um, it's like, like you said, money is energy. Like you spend it, but it'll come back to you kind of thing. Like sometimes you just want to buy it and, um, there's nothing wrong with just wanting to buy it. Like, you don't have to overthink it. There's this one (laughs) story I remember, like I love blueberries but blueberries are freaking expensive in Australia. And like, I don't think they were in season one time and they were $8. I think my mom saw the receipt that I bought eight blueberries for $8. She's like, what the fuck? I'm like, I like blueberries. And then like that created a huge argument. I'm like, why are we arguing over $8 blueberries? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but from, that's one thing I have to like un- understand is like to her, she's thinking about this from like scarcity. It's like, why would you like just not wait till they're on sale? To me, I'm just like, I'm hungry. I want to eat blueberries. So we have two different belief systems around the blueberries, right? Yeah. It's not like not saying one person's right and one person's wrong. It's like we are completely thinking something different 
Um, and it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I just go, I bought blueberries, they're $8. Let's move on from this, right? Like, right. Yeah. yeah. So I completely get that. Another thing I think, I think I used to do this, um, but I haven't done it for the last couple of years. It is, I, there's two grocery shops. I would always go, oh, if I just walk like 10 minutes, I can save like $1 and get like something cheaper. But it's like, why just, why save $1 when I'm doing my groceries one store? I just get it all here and then I can go home and save time, right? Yeah. So instances like that, it's just like you waste so much time. Like these little things, like in a trip, what you save like $3.50, which some people love doing. Um, and that's fine because they like find joy in that. Like they find joy in saving and investing and stuff like that. But if you're doing it out of scarcity, it's a bit different. If you're doing it because you want to save, good on you. Absolutely. If you're doing our scarcity, then that's something like you will need to work on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I like what you said on um, this whole scarcity mindset piece, because there's, if you're saving, like know what you're saving for, right? Like the $3 that you're saving, is that going towards like your debt? Like, what are you saving that money for? Because I think the mentality of like yes I need to constantly constantly save 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 but like do you know where that amount is going towards does it have a purpose because if you're constantly in the scarcity save mindset you're never gonna find any pleasure in spending money and like spending money um should be should be feel exciting should feel like um a Uh, exchange of energy and so should receiving money and so are you looking for instance a tip that I do is you know when I receive money into my bank account and everything obviously is done um, electronically but I just let that sit and I I let that sit and I'm like oh wow like I got money in the account and just like you know embody that feeling of yes I got um, some revenue sitting in my bank account And I feel good because I earned that money every two weeks, you know, um, and let that be something that you can experience. And same thing too, when you're spending money, just being thankful of like, oh, today I was able to buy a hundred dollars worth of groceries or today I was able to afford $50 in impulse spending just because I felt like it. And you'll find a lot more joy in your relationship with money will start to change when you start to um, tie the emotion, the spirit piece into these transactions that like we typically are scared of. Cause I know I was, I was scared of transactions. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm spending money on rent utilities and this and this, like all the not fun stuff and not thinking about it just, let's not look at transactions like it's so black and white um enjoy it enjoy it Money's we great. love money people love money and it's okay well, if you don't have around. right <laughs> it's okay and it's like you know if you don't have a um if you if money doesn't get you excited maybe you like service maybe you like giving and you know and things like that but just make sure that you are experiencing what money can give you because like you said earlier money can give you freedom money can give you time money can give you a lot of things um, because of its value and it can give you things even if you're not excited about money itself it will give you things that you want to pursue in life and the sooner you're able to create that 
um, open relationship with money, the better your relationship is going to be. One question that I like really, really like to think about or throw and ask other people is like, would, would yeah. money want to be friends with you? I'll date money. <laughs> I'll marry it. Absolutely. Like the way that you treat your friend money, would money want to be friends with you? Exactly. Do they? And if they don't, then we're going to extend the friendship so they like us. And yeah, we get more of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is how I was treating money. You know, I was treating money like uh, it was annoying or it was too intimidating. And I just didn't like it was always there to help support me or give me the things that I need, but I didn't acknowledge it. And um, and I it probably I was not a good friend to money. I was not. And as soon as now you are there's there's ways to be better friends with money like it's if you've had this like depending on how old someone is listening to this podcast let's say they're 20 30 40 um they're gonna have to undo 40 years of work they're gonna have to do undo 30 years of work undo 20 years of work the sooner you start working a relationship with it the easier it's gonna be because people like I would say my parents they're now 60 it's gonna be so so difficult for them to like undo anything right they like may not even undo anything which is okay right? It's absolutely okay. But the sooner you work on it, the easier it's going to be for you to get more of it and have more time to enjoy the money. Cause like our life is short. With the fact that it's like, oh, you have to work really, 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 really hard to earn money. Yeah. And that's the only way to earn money is you have to work so hard. (laughs) It's easier ways. It's like, it can be fun just earning money. Like as in you can make it fun and then you can still earn lots of money. It doesn't have to be hard work. That's the thing that I guess it's a good trait because most Asians are very hard workers. So whatever they do, if they put their head down, um, they will succeed. Uh, Yeah. Because like they know how to work hard. They're not scared of hard work, but it's also knowing that the harder you work won't necessarily mean the more money you make. Like if you're doing something that's aligned with you and something that you love, and you're putting your work into it, you can have a like really good income and you can do all the things you love and make like more money than you could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good to remember too as well. Um, for me, one thing I was gonna bring up is for me, I I had to set a boundary. I cannot talk money with my parents. Yeah. I I can't tell them how much I make. I feel like if I release that information, there'll be some kind of like expectation for me to contribute to the household that I don't live in anymore. Um, So there's like a lot of fears around uh, exposing some of that information and being transparent. And also it's really hard to train them on um, just educating them on um, financial literacy, like retirement and they they still old school they're like oh we don't put we don't trust the banks don't the cash <laughs> only cash only <laughs> they also gave me some really bad advice when I was younger and it was they were like never get credit cards they're like never you know credit open a credit awesome. card you're gonna put yourself in debt this and this so a lot of the advice that they gave me was bad advice 
And I'm happy that I did my own research <laughs> because yeah. if I didn't open a credit card, I wouldn't have any credit and I wouldn't be able to buy grown up things without credit. Yeah, for sure. And another thing is points from credit cards as well. Like I haven't paid for um, plane tickets the last two and a half years because I just use points. And I was teaching uh, one of my friends who's also Asian and she's like, how come I didn't notice? And I'm like, I'm 28. I was like, probably no one taught you. That's okay. Now you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> she bought like two free plane plane rides up, um, plane tickets after. I'm like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't have told her. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but it's just like there's so many, like there's so many things. And it's just they did the best they knew with what they knew. That's how I always like to see it. So yeah. there's no resentment there. It's like neutral. And like obviously I'm still human. Everyone's still human. They can still get angry at their parents, but that way it's like neutral. They didn't know any better. So it's mm-hmm. like leaving it at that. Right. Yeah. For me, I made, I made that decision for myself because it's, it was, it's still such an emotional topic for me to discuss with them because tied with that conversation is volatile piety, which have you heard of that and know what that means? It's, it's basically like, um, to show your parents that you respect them and appreciate their sacrifices that, you would financially support them um, when they retire or um, because there's also this like big stigma of like not putting them in retirement homes um, and be under care with an immediate family when they get to that age. So there is that like pressure. I think that is not like that to me was conditioned to me at a very young age before I even can, can spell financial or retirement (laughs) (laughs) of like, oh, this is what's expected to you. Like, when am I going to get repaid back for my sacrifices? And it's, it's heavily weighed on me, um, especially with the way that I think about money and how much that I need to like, take care of myself first Uh, it helps that I'm not the only child because that would just be very stressful I still I have a a brother and a sister that can help me with this too as well but is is that something like you're familiar with or know yeah for sure I guess um my parents have never said like you got to take care of me but it's like that unspoken expectation and I personally feel like I'm happy to take care of them like if they took care of me when they were young, like my parents have borrowed money off me, like when they need it, like lots of money, but I think it's okay. Like, as in it's fine. Like they need it. It's, it's not an emotional thing. Like, um, because if I've got abundance of it, like why not share it? It's just going to sit in my bank account. Um, but yeah, like as they get older, I probably will have to like take care of them. And I think, it's not that like anyone has to like as in if anyone's listening to this always take care of yourself first I'm just in a position where I probably could and like I'm happy to and yeah like but don't feel like you need to like you need to sacrifice what you want to do to take care of them because they did the same to you it's it's been on back on my mind especially it's just like okay yeah I do love and respect my parents and I appreciate their sacrifices um and I hope that one day I do have a feeling that yes, I do want to financially support them when they become of that age. But right now my cup isn't full. So I don't have the space to determine that. But then again, you know, I still have time. They they've gotten, you know, 
yeah. you know so much decades. time they've got like decades and right where you're gonna be from where you are now it's gonna be very different as well um and yeah like you like you never know what's gonna happen in life as well like mm-hmm. we might win the lottery who knows right right so um, probably not but like there's so many things that could happen in like five like what your life is now is was not what it was like five years ago and in five years it'll be different as well and then um who even knows like as you get older you and your parents might get closer as well there's so many things that change maybe like I don't think this will happen but a lot of people like actually end up living with their parents again when they're like when they're at an older age because they want to spend the last or close to their parents which for me I'm like oh but like I assume when I get older I'm like oh we only have like five years left or something right mm-hmm. yeah 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 um what do you have any other like tips with like money manifestation things that you do yeah. to open up the money blocks yeah for sure so um I did a lot of journaling around this and I did a lot of like affirmations around this um, on YouTube. If you Google, not Google, YouTube money affirmations, I literally had it playing in the background for like six months straight when I was doing work. So that's a very extreme thing you could do. Like something else I did as well is I would take money out of the ATM. I'll just have it sitting next to me as I was working, like thousands of dollars. Just sit- Looking back, probably not the best idea. Um, <laughs> because like what if someone robs me and someone actually ended up robbing me but I didn't have any money back then I, as I, I didn't have any money um sitting there but it could have been very bad if I did <laughs> but that's something I did as well we were locked down so it was fine that I was doing that but after lockdown I just put all my money back in my bank account and then someone robbed me like a couple months later so it was good um so like having money when you're working just seeing it so like go oh I am in abundance if that's not something that you can do you can't take thousands of dollars put it in like your office desk take like a hundred dollar bill and always carry it in your wallet. Always have like some sort of money. You can always see it. So you feel like um, you are abundant and like your first step in building your relationship with money. Another thing you can do as well is always, always check your bank account every single day. And if it scares you to do that, you need to do some work and that's okay. Like I used to be so terrified of opening my bank account and be like, shit, I don't have any money. So looking at bank account every single day, like I could tell you how much my bank account on like all three, four on my bank accounts, how much it has, how much my investments has. Cause I look at it every single day. Um, it builds your relationship with money. Cause you do get scared looking at it um, when you don't have any um, and that will help you work on it. Like you go, Oh, you know what? I need to save or I need to like maybe start a side hustle and make some money. Um, and yeah, like, I would start with those things, checking your bank account um, every day. Um, another one as well is maybe even giving charity. If you feel like you don't have that much, like even if it's like a dollar, give it to charity because you're going to train yourself to give. Like it's going to be something that will help you like get more money as well. Because what like one thing I do in my business is when someone joins up as a client, I donate a percentage of what they pay to charity. And that teaches them that to give back because I'm donated my money on behalf of them to charity, but also teaches me like I can always make the money back, right? Because that's the biggest fear I think anyone has is they can't make the money back. So what if you just give a percentage away and then like that fee's already gone because like you just gave it away. You, you're able to attract more money in is because you've been able to give that certain percentage away. 
Yeah, for sure. Like give it away. Um, and just like these little strategies, they might not seem like a lot, but done over time consistently, you will change your relationship with money. Um, and I have a story about that, like that giving away story. Uh, we had these bushfires in Australia. I think it was 20, I can't remember what year, so I'm not going to butcher myself, but I think it was 2020. And then um, what I did is at the time I was selling this digital product and it was like these eBooks and it was on the week of the fires. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to like, I feel like I, I felt a bit bad making money when like literally half of New South Wales was like burning down. Like it was really bad. Um, so what ended up happening, I was like, you know what? Every, like I'm going to donate hundred percent all these sales to charity. Um, and I just donated it. It ended up being like seven or eight grand, like completely gave it to charity. I was like actually the most money I've ever made in my life online as well. I gave it all away yeah. that single year. I made the most money I've ever made in my life. Wow. And I think it has me do it because that happened in the first month as well. Because mm-hmm. like I wanted to help, but that, that was a lot of money to me. I actually didn't think it would make that much money, but I think more people got along it because they realized they could donate to charity, but also get something in return, which like made them feel good. And they also got something because they got the eBooks. So it's not like they're just giving their money away. Um, that was just me, but it did feel really good. And I think because of the start of the year with abundance, that was my biggest financial year, like on my life. Like that year, I probably made more than I made in the last like three years in that single year. And I think it had a lot to do with that, that I knew I could just make that back. Right. Yeah. 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 That was scary. That's an awesome example um, because it's like, if you think about money as in a like relationship and you have this like clench or control over it or this over attachment to money that's like, oh, I can never have enough or like, I'll never be able to do better what I have. Yeah. You're in that negative mindset. You're already putting blocks um, around your potential, your earning potential because you're like, so attached to what you have. Um, So that's a great example of just like putting your trust in the universe, the higher power, whatever um, you believe in that, that it flows and trusting the fact that like, we don't have to continue to operate in that scarcity immigration mindset that our parents have showed us by um, expanding on what they've built do yourself a favor and your future generations to let go of that attachment to money yeah that's not serving any anyone anymore you'll Um, you'll make it back and like no one goes to the grave and like they go hey like i like i saved two hundred thousand (laughs) dollars yes like you're gonna be dead that money is not gonna do you any good like have the experiences um take some risk with it and obviously don't like be stupid with it like don't go you can get yourself in like thousands thousand dollars of debt but like take some risks you'll be okay like worst case scenario doesn't work out go move back with your parents they'll cook and clean for you they'll love to have you back like yeah it's all gonna be all good yeah 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 I think one of my favorite ways of spending money is like investing in myself. So like what you did is investing in yourself, investing in further education, classes, hobbies. Um, those are some of my favorite things to spend it on. Um, entertainment too, as well. So like taking those vacations, planning those vacations out because we work such really long. 
such long days. Oh, um, but uh, yeah, so it's like we work such long days and like in order to enjoy, you know, the flow of money, you have to to spend it and enjoy it. So we're wrapping up here. Thank you so much, Claudia, for um, jumping on and just talking Thanks about like me. the way you've been able to overcome um, your money blocks and how you teach your clients and things like that. So I'm going to drop Claudia's uh, information in the show notes. So if you're interested in reaching out to her, you'll find her information there. Thank you all so much for listening.